Live Fitter and Longer with The Fitness Show, hosted by fitness expert, author, and TV personality, Fitz Kohler. She'll tell you why diets are dumb, supplements are snake oil, and the truth about how you can earn a lean, hard, pain-free, and athletic body. Now for our favorite bossy blonde, Fitz Kohler. Hi team, I'm Fitz Kohler, your fitness expert from fitness.com, and welcome to the Fitness Show. Today I'm going, to be, I'm going to do something I've been wanting to do for a long time. Um, as many of you know, I'm a race announcer and I spend many weekends every year traveling around to some of the most fabulous races in the entire country and I work with some of the most incredible people who put on those races. So it's actually been on my list of quote unquote things to do for a very long time. Yet with my very hectic schedule and the very hectic schedules of my race directors, I haven't been able to work it out. But thanks to uh, coronavirus, <laughs> there's a ton of us who have loads and loads of free time. So I was finally able to reach out to one of my absolute favorite race directors. And before I bring her in, I'm going to tell you that this is a woman who... I just admire in so many ways. First of all, she's insanely fit. If any of you ever thought that I looked fit, I look like olive oil comparatively. She is a real deal athlete. She's completed Ironman triathlon, mini marathon. She is so strong and so capable that, um, you know, as a fitness professional, I always, always admire Eva and her physical capabilities. And then on the other thing, she's one of those great women. I mean, I work... I think we all face the issues of mean girls, right? Women who are kind of insecure and often stabbing other women in the back. Well, that is not part of Eva's MO, period. Why? Because she's competent and capable. She's president of her own company and she doesn't, she's not threatened by anyone. She instead surrounds herself by a tremendous group of people of all different sorts, and um, I've always felt supported for, by her, and I love working with her, and she's also become a fantastic friend. So, now that I'm done gushing and I need to catch a breath, welcome to the Fitness Show, Eva Solomon. Well, thank you, Fitz, and wow, I think we can just stop right there and, and call it a wrap. Uh, <laughs> that was really nice. Well, I will listen to that every morning when I wake up. Yeah, you know I have a lot of wonderful things to say about you, but I want you to start by telling everyone about Epic Races. Okay, um, so Epic Races, we were, we were just starting our... Um, our 12th year of Epic Races, um, and it came to a quick halt, obviously. Um, but before that, um, we had a very successful 11th year. We started out in, um, in 2009, put on our first race, and we had this idea to put on the first all-women's triathlon in Michigan, which we did, and it was fantastic. And kind of thought, okay, we'll make this an annual event. And we did, but little by little, we just started adding races. And we now, um, we had planned for this season to have 15 races. But um, our first race, which was a ski race, cross-country ski race, it was a two-day event. Saturday was 
great, um, not great, I should say Saturday happened with some rain. Um, and with that rain went all the snow and that race was canceled on Sunday because of the rain. And that's actually the first time that has ever happened. Wow. Um, and um, now we're, that was just kind of how, how our season began. And then since then we've canceled some more races, sadly. But, um, but I, I keep looking back on all the things we've done for the past uh, 11 years, and it just keeps me going, thinking that we're going to get back there. Um, we have all sorts of races. We, Like I said, we started this year with a ski race. We have triathlons. We have running races, um, 5K through full marathon. Um, we have a gravel bike race. We have a gravel triathlon, which um, was the first gravel triathlon in the country that uh, we are going into our third year for that. And um, we have an open water swim, 5K and 10K open water swim. So so that's what we do. Wait a minute. So 10K people go out and swim 6.2 miles? They do. Yeah. And, oh. you know, I kind of reacted like that too because I, I swim, like I'm a triathlon swimmer, but there's a difference between a swimmer swimmer a triathlete swimmer um and when someone proposed the idea god it was um that was over 10 years ago um to put on a 10k or i'm sorry he proposed it on a 5k swim and I, I said seriously 5k swim and yeah yeah people do that oh okay so <laughs> we worked on getting it together and um and then i felt compelled on the um, website with the name of the race, swim to the moon, 5K swim, and then I did parentheses, yes, we mean swim. Because I thought it was just such a crazy thing, just for the 5K swim, not 5K run, of course. But um, I found out that year with 300 participants, people wow. do that. And then they were asking for a 10K swim. And I think it was probably our fourth year that we added the 10K swim. And the first year, I think maybe we had like 30 people in it. And now in this 700-person event, and it closes at 700 people, it, it caps at that, I think um, we have probably seen it, 250 in the 10K. Book. And, and Crazy. do you swim loops, or are they swimming a straight shot for six miles? How does that um, work? That's a great question. No, it's a point-to-point -point for the 5K. So the 10K is out and back out 5k back 5k but the 5k we bust them to the starting point and then they swim to the finish it's called swim to the moon because the finish is at half moon lake okay well that sounds so yeah very exciting and i don't yeah. know it seems like a really far way to swim but i love that people are doing I, it, it yeah, it is far. I've actually done the 5K, not on race day, but I've, um, I've done it for a while. I was making it a tradition to swim the week before from the course. Um, and I didn't do it last year. I just was too busy and couldn't do it. Maybe I'll do it this year, but it's a beautiful swim. It's, um, the lakes are all calm, and usually it's a very nice temperature. And um, you go through five different lakes, which is kind of cool. And um, it's just, yeah, it, it's, it's something different, but but people love it. Yeah. And, what and I, let's hope we have it this year. Let's hope. Let's hope. <laughs> we have had enough cancellations. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I, what I love about that is it's a fantastic option for all of the people who are in a position or just have the feeling that, oh, they can't run or they can't walk. And a lot of those camps or can'ts 
are fictitious or in their own mind, but swimming, man, if you can't walk or run, fine, go swim. Eva's got some options for mm-hmm. you. And you have, when yeah. Eva say she's, says she has options, you do a aqua bike, you've got a du- biathlon, right? I mean, you really have a diverse Duathlon. Suit. It's okay. a duathlon. Biathlon is a shooting. Oh, that's you, right. Okay. Like <laughs> cross-country ski and shoot. Yeah. But, but they did call these biathlons uh, a long time ago. I have a shirt from a biathlon I did, which was Run, Bike, Run. But then they started using the proper name Duathlon. Duathlon. So, yeah, we put those on. We do aqua bike, swim bike done. So that's for sometimes when people really can't run, but they can swim and then can bike. Or even just, you know, during injury, they want to stick with the sport. They do um, aqua bike. That's yeah. a nice option. That's so great. Um, and, yeah, no, it's, um, it's a fun summer. So, yeah, we're hoping um, here in Michigan, once the weather becomes triathlon weather, that we will be back in business with putting those on. And have you done a triathlon before? Because I know we've talked a little bit about you maybe doing one this summer. Yeah, I have done one. I it's, it's funny. Many years ago when I did my first half marathon, I fell into it. I really thought I was going out to do a relay in a half marathon. So I would only be running six and a half miles. And I found out the night before that no dummy. It's a team. You both have to go the full distance. So I thought, meh, I'll give it a go. And I showed up and I did the half marathon and I was really no worse for the wear. I mean, my feet were a little sore. I felt a little yucky, but for the Wait, most... not, a, not a half marathon, a triathlon? No, half, well, I'm starting there what in a half, it? Marathon. A half marathon. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Okay, got it. Oh, yeah. you say you're going way back to the beginning. This is not the actual race. No, okay, yeah. So, so you did was, a full half marathon. I did a full got half oh, marathon wow. on a Without whim. planning on it. Yeah, and then a a couple weeks later at home here in Gainesville, my family left town, and you know what it's like when the kids leave. You start thinking, woohoo, I got some freedom. And Mm -hmm. um, I saw an ad for the University of Florida has a sprint or a super sprint triathlon, and I just thought, what the hell? I didn't have a bike, though. So I had to put on Facebook, hey, does anyone have a bike I can borrow? And then does anyone have a helmet I can borrow? And so I got a bike. And a helmet, and I showed up the next day, and I hadn't even ran, ridden a bike in I don't know five, ten years, but it was wonderful. So I really enjoyed it, and because my, as you know, my work schedule is so chaotic, I haven't found another one to dive back into. But if we can work it out for this summer, I'd really like to come do your uh, Tri Goddess Triathlon in the end of June. Yep. Well, I am planning on having you at the Tri Goddess Triathlon. We've got your spot. Ready for you on the bike rack. Well, that's so, very exciting. <laughs> it's going to happen. It's going to be fun. Yes. So back. Yeah, that'll, that will be fun. So and, back to, yeah. before you became a race director, you were an athlete and you still mm-hmm. are an athlete. So tell me about your um, history with endurance sports. Well, wow. Um, I, it goes back to really, I guess um, I'm thinking, what, what is my history? So growing up, I played tennis. I was a tennis player, and that was kind of what I did. Um, I was on the high school tennis team, and I was I was competitive. I was I was good, um, I, but then I was good enough, maybe maybe for Division three. But I really wanted to go to University of Michigan, yeah. And um, I was not even close <laughs> to being good for that team. Um, that wasn't going to happen. So I went to Michigan and didn't 
played tennis and didn't exercise. It really wasn't doing anything um, my freshman year, except for maybe sometimes like I would do like the James Bonda tapes. Wow. And they, those were cassette tapes that we would do. Back. <laughs> we, we had a cassette tape. We'd listen to Jane Fonda and do that workout in the dorm room. That was my workout. Um, and then I, I realized I really need to do something. So I started running and would run, you know, I, I don't even know. I just kind of ran. But then um, got into it, and then someone said to me, um, hey, have you ever thought about doing the turkey trot? What's a turkey trot? What? And this was in, um, oh God, what year was it? Probably 1986, maybe. And um, he was telling me about the Detroit turkey trot, that we should do that, and, and it's a 10K. How long is a 10K? How many miles is that? And I had no idea. But I did it, and I loved it. And then just kept looking for more races. And um, a few years later, I uh, signed up for my first marathon, the Detroit Free Press Marathon, um, which at the time, I don't know how many people were in it, a few thousand maybe. And wow. um, now it's like 20,000. And back then, it's, they took us on a bus to um, Canada, to Windsor, and then we ran back. Now it goes over the bridge and through the tunnel and is, you know, a whole um, – whole big thing so we did that marathon and then heard about triathlon and thought oh that sounds fun I, I can swim and yeah actually similar to you my first triathlon I borrowed a bike I borrowed a wetsuit um, and the pedals had clips so I had someone change the pedals for me because I didn't know anything <laughs> about putting my feet in clips this was in um, 1996 maybe something like that um, no, was it even then? No, I'm sorry. It was 1995 or six, something like that. Um, but yeah, loved triathlon. I loved that I could keep doing something different because I love all these sports and I do like you know, running long distance. At least I used to. Now it's getting harder for me because I have a lot of injuries. But um, I like being able to change what I'm doing, and I thought that was really fun. So got into triathlons. Um, and just, I was, you know, I was age group, you know, okay. I'm not highly competitive. But um, one day someone, I, I said, how when we put on the tri uh, triathlon, it was this idea to put on the first Olinens triathlon in Michigan. And um, it was actually not my original idea. It was somebody else's idea. But he said, you'd be really good at this. You should do this. And I did. So then I was on both sides for a while. Now I do a lot more race directing than racing. Mm -hmm. I still train, but um, not racing so much anymore. So, um, and, and I am correct where you did do an Ironman, correct? I did. I did um, two. One of them was not Ironman brand. Okay. It was um, Rev3 for a while. Um, they were putting on, um, they put on a lot of half you would say half distance, not half Ironman, because sure. not Ironman. Um, and they were doing them, like, in these family places. So they did one at Cedar Point Amusement Park in Ohio. <laughs> and I did that. And um, it actually was, a, you know, a brilliant idea that I had because my whole family came. And an Ironman is really long, especially when I do it. <laughs> it was like a <laughs> really long time. And what was great, like, my kids could go to Cedar Point, to the amusement park, and like be there for a few hours and then still come see me on the course. 
go back for a few more hours. Wow. Then come see me on the course again. Because so they they loved it. It was it was a, a good um, family experience. So I did that one, and then um, a couple of years later, later, I said do another one. And I decided that if I'm going to put in all that training, I'm going to go somewhere good. Not that Sandusky, Ohio, is not good, right? But um, I decided to go to <laughs> I decided to go to Florianopolis, Brazil. Interesting. And, um, did that so yeah so I trained for that and went to Brazil we were going to make it a family trip but that got complicated so just um my husband and I went and I did the race and we traveled and um I, I just think to do something like that it's it's nice to have um something along to go with it because I always think what if something goes wrong what if you know in the training like it's not going so great I'm worried about finishing or something happens and I don't finish and I don't want it to be all about that. I want it to be the whole big experience, the, the travel and just, you know, being with my husband on a trip and doing the race and you know, all that comes with it. And, and that was an official so, um, That Oh, that was Iron Man brand. Yes, I got the M dot and all that. Now, yeah. now you know I'm in, interviewing Mike Riley for this podcast next. Was he at the finish line? Yeah. He... I doubt it. Oh. You know, <laughs> I, I didn't even pay attention to that. I was just so happy to be done. Yeah. I didn't care who was there. I just wanted a massage. That's all I was saying. Let's find someone for a massage, which we did. So I didn't even pay attention to him being there. But you should ask him if he's ever announced uh, Florinopolis, Brazil Ironman. There's more than one. That's why I'm saying Florinopolis. They have two in Brazil now. But originally, there was only the one in Florinopolis. So, yeah, ask him about that. No. I I, I you're a very experienced athlete. Was your level of suffering um, really tremendous during the during your Ironman try, or were you okay? Um, no, I've been in, in a lot more pain in other races <laughs> during, like in marathons, for sure. I think um, something about triathlon, you know, I think um, with changing what you're doing and using different muscles, even though it's for a very long period of time, right? it's just different. Um, the swim, I loved at that race. Um, although the one thing um, that I always tell everybody now is really, you know, make sure you speak the language where you go or have someone with you who speaks the language. Because I got to the swim and I was with a group who had a coach and the coach told me that the swim was one loop and we're starting at the you know start of the swim and everybody is you know standing there listening and they're speaking Portuguese right. and nobody was speaking English and but you know I'm looking thinking, okay whatever you know I, I can figure this out so I do the swim and you know you're out there it's you know in the in the ocean and you know you're just I was really enjoying it actually it was beautiful water and um, you don't really know how much time has passed. I wasn't looking at my watch while I was swimming. And I, so I get out and I start taking off my wetsuit and it's coming down. And then I look and all the people ahead of me are getting back in the water. It was oh, no. two loops. So oh. my wetsuit is one where you, you need someone to hook it for you in the back and like, zip it down. It's you know, a little you know, fancier kind. They think it's quicker to take it off that way. So I'm looking around and no one's speaking English. And oh, I no. find somebody, hey, can you help me? Help me put my wetsuit back on. And I did. And I got back in the water. So the second loop was not nearly um, as pleasurable as the first <laughs> after that fiasco. But um, did that. And um, 
got out. I was fine. The, the bike was great. Um, it was just a very cool place to be. Went by rather quickly. It was also two loops. That I knew was two loops. And then for the run, you know, different from, like, if you're just running a marathon and, like, you're going for a certain time, so you're paying attention to your pace on the run and, you know, you're trying to qualify for Boston or whatever you're trying to do. For me, okay, I did the swim, I did the bike. Okay, here I am doing the run, the thing I actually know how to do. Yeah. And just kind of doing it. And you're very warmed up because you've already <laughs> been swimming and biking. So, you, you know, your, your muscles um, are not cold. And, yeah, it, it's when I was done, I, yeah, I, I was pretty tired and sore. And, like I said, I really wanted a massage. But um, during it, I, I was all right. That's awesome. You know, no, no tears like I've had during some marathons. I've been in marathons where I, I start crying because I'm miserable. So, um, yeah, it, it, was, it was great. Well, and that so oh, I don't think I'll ever do one again, but it was great. Well, it sounds like you were just ridiculously prepared. That's a, a story of really good preparation. Well, that's the hard thing about an Ironman is the training, really. If you can get through the training, the rest is okay. But training is really a part-time job the amount of hours you put in in a week and just you know and every day there's never those days you know for some days now just for looking at you get up you have 30 minutes okay I'll do a quick 30 minute workout I'm okay there's none of those in Ironman training you know every day is at least an hour and a half at least just like at least at least for every you know Monday through Friday at least the weekends um your whole weekend is shot (laughs) it's all all training Long bike, long run, one Saturday, one Sunday. Yeah. So um, going back to race directing. So you started off with one event and a partner, and then you ended up alone. And um, which I, I, Mm -hmm. for some reason, I like you best alone. I like that you're the queen of your castle and you (laughs) alone are steering your ship. So what's the most challenging part of race directing for you? Um, That's a great question. Um, the most challenging part because you know I love so many parts of it you know weirdly enough I love sitting at my computer and emailing with participants usually not all the time but usually and you know chatting with them and then I love being at the race um just you know being there with them and then meeting people who I've been emailing with because they've asked me questions and you know they ask me all sorts of questions and, and I know that when you think of race directing, you probably don't even think of that. You think of like organizing and logistics and, and all of that. Um, but I really don't think that much about that. I just do all of that. And then I enjoy the people and hearing about their goals and seeing them achieve their goals. Um, I know you asked me if it's challenging and I'm telling you what I like, yeah. <laughs> but um, okay. that's what I always think of that. I guess the challenging part for me, you know, I'm not really that good at map reading. So I sometimes oh, yeah. ask for help with that. I come up with these courses, and I'm putting them out on the map. I always have to make sure I have it right on the map. So, um, and that's an important thing when you're putting maps on your website. You want the maps to be accurate for people. Um, so that's challenging, and um, I think, yeah, that's that's probably it. I, I like all the parts of it. I like it's like planning a party you know, putting all the pieces together for a lot of people to have fun. That's how I look at it. That's a nice way to look at it. But there's so many elements. I think runners, 
can show up and especially in a uh, finely designed, finely tuned event like yours, people think it just happens, but they don't understand that race directors mm -hmm. and their teams, either they're up at midnight or they haven't slept at all and they've shut down roads mm -hmm. and lays, laid out barriers and setting up water stations can be a pain because you're dealing with all these volunteers or not and shirts for volunteers or not and medals and shirts and setting up the finish line and the start line and the snack tables and the entertainment. I mean, that your, your laundry list of to-dos is extraordinary. Mm -hmm. No, it's true. And it, and it's so true how many people think that it's, it just happens. And the amount of times I've heard from people, so what are your expenses? Am I don't want a shirt? <laughs> yeah, that's it. I mean, they really, that's what they see. And I guess, in a way, it's good because they like the medal on the shirt, so they pay attention to it. Right. I think that's a big, important part of the race. But for me, that's like, it's super important, and we actually put a lot of time and thought and energy into getting the best medal and shirt. Um, it, you know, people always say to me, um, so, oh, who's your medal distributor? Because you have such great medals, I want to call them. And, you know what people don't realize it has nothing to do with the metal distributor. They can do whatever you want. You just have to be relentless and keep saying, yeah, no, do this. And, you know, keep going back and forth until it's something you really like. So it's really the team who comes up with that. Um, so, and it's, um, it's hard because there's a lot of metals out there now and you try to be different. But um, all those other pieces and like you, how you were saying, you know, or not, what if somebody doesn't show up or something doesn't show up and you don't have it, you have to be creative and figure out what are you going to do? And that's the whole thing is just being flexible and being able to go with it. And okay, well, we planned on this person being here, but they're not. So we're going to have to put someone else there and figure out what to do in that place or, you know, just. Just go with it yeah. and make the best of it. That's one of the things I really enjoy about working with you on race day is your easy breezy attitude. You just, you hear someone will come up to you with a mini crisis and you just go, okay. <laughs> you put a big smile yeah. on. Well, and, and, <laughs> so great. I think, um, you know, now, yeah, you have, after doing it long enough, um, and actually early years too, um, I think it was our second year of putting on races um yeah it was our second year and i was still kind of being mentored um by the person who had this great idea to put on the all women's uh triathlon and everyone's out swimming the, the forecast was perfect there was no rain or lightning or anything in the forecast and um a bunch of women are out there in the water and all of a sudden we see a lightning bolt in the sky <laughs> And everyone says, oh, <laughs> you know, what do you do? And yeah, I, this is only my second race that I directed and was actually really just kind of co-directing. I didn't really know and had to come up with something. Um, people were freaking out. Um, so we just had everyone, you know, go to the nearest shore, get everyone on, on shore. And we said, okay, we're just going to wait for this to pass. It looks like it's going to pass. And start again. And then I have all of these husbands and boyfriends and fathers coming to me and saying, my wife, my girlfriend, my daughter only can swim 400 yards. You can't have her start over and do it again. Oh, Lord. You know, they had swum out maybe, you know, 50 yards and come back or something. Oh. You can't do that. You can't start again. Well, 
yeah, yeah, yeah. So all that was going on, and um, I think from that day I learned to be creative. Um, so what we ended up doing was, for somebody who wanted to start over and swim, bike, and run all in one shot, we gave them that option. And then other people, we let them just get on the bike, and they didn't finish the run. And but then, of course, they all wanted awards. So what do you do? How do they all get awards? So I created the lightning wave so oh. of our division. <laughs> of our division, we had our regular divisions, and then the lightning division. And they were in their own division, and we had probably first in each age group or something for that. So it worked out. Everyone was happy. That's brilliant. Um, so, and it wasn't a big deal to do that. You know, we, why not? <laughs> why force them to go do something they're not comfortable doing? Right. So, so we did that. Um, that was, yeah, I think when I realized, okay, you always just have to be able to come up with something. And being the race director, you can. <laughs> why not? Well, Who's going to say no? And that's why I like you being the only person in charge of Epic Races because you're good at just making instant, easy decisions and you move on. And that's the key, moving on. <laughs> you yes. know, figure it out and, and move on. So, but, yeah. So, um, so speaking of, and I've actually, mm -hmm. in life in general, have turned my, uh, I, I've been so irritated by this coronavirus and, you know, 15 my, mm -hmm. of my events are gone for this year. So um, I've, it's a headache, but the reality of the situation is a lot of my <laughs> listeners are runners or walkers and they're interested and, and you texted that you'd like to discuss it. So, um, and I'm going to, I'm going to preface this by saying not only, I, I actually haven't looked at your feed, but many of my other race directors are getting so much hate and vitriol steered their way. And, you know, the refund policy is tricky, especially because the majority of funds are spent before race day. And, and I just don't think many of the runners understand what the reality of your situation is. So, can you discuss anything you would want to uh, to runners between your business and cancellations? Yeah, um, because I've, I've been talking about it a lot. <laughs> because exactly what you said, the amount of emails um, we were getting. It's, it's, I think, and also now, um, a lot are getting used to it because it's, it's been what feels like a while. It's what, it's been like two weeks. Right. Um, our, our, our the marathon, the Ann Arbor marathon was supposed to be day before yesterday, and we canceled it um, on March twelfth. God, it feels like it was months ago. Yeah, because of what has happened between now and then. But um, just going back real quick on kind of what transpired with us, um, like I said, how we started with Frosty Freestyle. I said that earlier with our ski race, and then we all of February we were full speed ahead because in March we had three races planned. We had on March 14th, the pie run 3.14 miles. Mm -hmm. And that's just like a super fun race where we have an optional pie eating contest before the run and you get an optional pie in the face at the finish line and slice the pie for finishing. And then it's, you know, everything is pie. So it's a combination of like eating and math. So <laughs> fun. And then, the day after, we had our gravel bike race, March 15th. So to have two races, like such different races back-to-back, -back, we, we knew we could do it, but, you know, we were working hard to make it happen. And then just one week later, like the following weekend, was the Ann Arbor Marathon. And then 
this whole coronavirus thing started. Um, and I didn't, when it, it all first started, I never really thought about possibly canceling a race because of it. It didn't even occur to me. I remember hearing the Tokyo Marathon was canceled and I just didn't really get it. But I said, wow, you know, it must be pretty nasty. So when it started coming into the United States, um, I was getting a little worried and, but not about canceling at all. I just thought maybe our numbers would go down. Our numbers were way, way up. Um, and we were, and the race was going to be great. And we loved everything that was happening this year. We had so many cool new things going on. And, um, and then I heard, and, and you were there, the LA Marathon, big news that it's going to happen. So I said, okay, people were asking me, well, we're going to use LA as our, our model. They did it. If they can do it there, we can do it in Ann Arbor. And that was only, I think, two weeks before ours, I think. Was it like the last week of February, maybe? Uh, or no. Was oh, it in March or February? March. LA. When was LA? Yeah, I announced that one. I think it was March 8th. Yeah. Which yeah. is, okay. today's the Yeah, 24th. so it was only the, it was the, yeah, it was the week before the pie run. And, and I was paying attention to you being there and the race was happening and, and I was all ready to ask you all kinds of questions. I think I texted you um, like midweek or something. And on that week, Tuesday, we had our all staff meeting. The, the meeting was three hours long. Talked a little bit about coronavirus. So we need to be ready. So this is Tuesday. We we're all ready for our three races. And then Wednesday, like late morning, I realized they really might have to cancel. And then by that night, we made the decision that nice. we're going to cancel on Thursday. But only the marathon. The other two races were going to happen that coming Saturday, Sunday. And by that afternoon, I had to cancel all three. It's like that whole, how quickly all that happened was crazy. And then what do I do? Because we were really, this was kind of early. We were the first be canceling, but I knew we couldn't do refunds because there was no money to refund. And that's the thing that people don't understand that as the money's coming in, we're spending it on the race planning. And if we refunded everybody, even if we refunded half of the people, we'd go to business, yeah. we'd be bankrupt. So we, we just can't. And it, it's, it's it can't do it. <laughs> and can you explain what some of those expenses are? Because I don't know. I don't think everyone understands or comprehends what goes into the pre-race um, spending. Well, a big thing actually for us and for any large race, we have full-time staff. So I'm paying my staff annually right. <laughs> for planning these races. And, you know, like I said, so how January, February, March, everything was focused really on the marathon and these two other races. So I'm paying their salaries. And one race director wrote something up that he wrote this, you know, long thing about it. But, you know, something that I never really thought about it this way, but it makes sense. Imagine you got a job and, and you get a job at a company and they say, okay, we have this event. In a, a year, I want you to start working on it. And this is, you know, kind of like what you're doing for this job. And you're working on it and you're, you're planning it all year and you're getting your paycheck each month. And then it's two weeks before your event, ready to go. And then your employer says, you know, I'm, you need to give back all that money I paid you. Yeah. And that's, that's what it would be like. So it's, so for, it's the salaries. But then in addition to that, there's permits. There's every little permit you have to get 
from just being able to close the roads permits for that. And then there's we have beer at the finish line, so that's a permit. And really, the permits are not a lot of money, but paying someone to have all that happen, it's just all time-consuming, and it's going through a lot of red tape, and these are things the staff is working on. And um, we had to, for this race this year, we had to, we needed more cones. We had to order um, 1,077 cones. Wow. And that's rather expensive. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because each cone, um, you know, it, it costs money. Um, I think $6 per cone or something wow. like that. Um, so a lot of the equipment, again, you know, that we'll have for the years, but we bought it for this year's race. We needed it this year. Um, and then the medals, um, we have all the medals in hand because those are ordered three months in advance. All of the T-shirts are ordered, um, enough in advance that they're paid for and we have them. The bids, um, and that, that's just the stuff. And like, you know, I've said to you before, those, those are really small things and right. even small price tags. But um, the, the advertising, the labor, all the operation costs, it's, um, it's running a business. So yeah. there's just day-to-day expenses, and that's what happens. Um, so, yeah, so as far as refunding, we couldn't do that. But what we did, um, which evolved, again, you know, just kind of going with what we've got, um, I knew right away I cannot send out refunds. It just wasn't going to be possible. But I really wanted to figure out a way to give our participants the best value that I could for their entry fee. So we came up with options. One was turn the race into a virtual race. This means they run on their own, but we send them their swag in the mail. And we ask them to post about it on Facebook, share their experience with us, um, you know, make it as fun as they can. Um, and that would really just, it's not gonna appeal to everybody. It's very hard to do a virtual marathon. And that's the one thing that was really um, just making me so sad was thinking about all of the people who had a marathon or a half marathon on their bucket list, and this is that, and they've been training. Like we talked earlier, you know, for like an Ironman, the training is the hard part. And a marathon is similar. The, the training is a lot. So I just felt horrible that they weren't going to have that experience. Even 5K, 10K. Yeah. Plenty of people had those distances in bucket list. So then I, I tried to come up with a way to make it as possible as I could. So we went out and marked the course for them. We threw up a few mile marker flags. Um, we set a start line and a finish line. And um, we had a running store go out and set up an aid station out there. And we set up an app so that they could use this app for tracking. And then I could be like at a home base on my computer and watch everybody on the course. So I had like four screens going, 5K, 10K, half and full, and I could see people on the course, not just see that they're there, but I could see their names. So I knew exactly who they were. And if they were off course, I could click on it and then send them a text message that they're off course. So I would like, I'd say, oh, I see you're off course. If that's your intention, okay. But if not, I think you should turn left and <laughs> go up the road. And it was, I was like big brother, Incredible. like like voice or like even like, or like hunger games or something. <laughs> it was, um, it was kind of, kind of creepy in a way, <laughs> but they liked it. The other thing I could do was send them music clips. 
So we have this really big hill, the Arb Hill. It's the um, University of Michigan Arboretum. And the Arb Hill is like this infamous hill. And when I would see someone run up the hill, I could click to send them like Rocky music as like they're going up or like any other. um, I had a whole bunch of like music clips on there. Um, So that was kind of fun. So we did our best to make it an interactive, fun group experience for them. Um, They also had the option to transfer to another epic race because we have 15 races. So they could transfer to any other, even if the entry fee was more, we would cover that. They could transfer or defer to next year. So that that's been our thing that we've been doing with all our races now because they just they're dropping like flies. Well, so. I hope I hope your athletes are gentle with you and respectful because it's I know it. Even though as an athlete, if somebody canceled on me, I'd be sad. But clearly, you're not canceling mm-hmm. on them or anybody. It's the world canceling on them, and you really. Um, you, all of my race yeah. directors, all of the race directors enjoy a bit of a break because they just tend to be regular people who love running, who thought, hey, maybe I could put on an event that would be nice for my community too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that, that's pretty much, you know, the word we've been trying to get out to them. Initially, people were upset that we were actually canceling because we weren't necessarily early. There were a couple of races that canceled before us. Um, but it was right at the start of all of this. And we had some very interesting emails we got from people, um, interesting comments. But um, soon after that, it just became expected that we were going to cancel. Because some, you know, some people really, they didn't get our email or hadn't heard. And they would write to us, hey, I'm assuming you're canceling, but I haven't heard anything. Well, yeah, we, we did cancel. So that, it just became an expectation. Um, and most, I think, by this time expect the no refunds. There was an article in the New York Times about races not giving refunds. Yeah. So it's, it's a thing. It's not something that we just decided we can't do it. It's, it's the nature of the event. It's, it's what we do. So we, we've been really... For the past two weeks, all we've been doing is answering emails. <laughs> yeah, I We're bet. just starting to maybe get caught up. I mean, today, um, and today's the first day everybody's working from home, except me. I came into the office because we have to finish sending out these virtual packages. But yesterday, Michigan, um, the governor, governor announced lockdown and everyone needs to stay home. So all staff is staying home. So I, I brought um, my boys here with me um, to pack the packages and I told everybody working from home the goal today is to get caught up on answering emails because we were good yesterday with only 50 in our inbox this morning we had 125 so which actually isn't even that many (laughs) compared to what we had a week ago I believe it but the goal is to, to answer everybody because we always answer everybody and give them a solid answer and then we'll be able to start looking ahead about other things to do that crazy. When is your next race that has not been canceled? The next race not canceled is the Island Lake Triathlon on June 6th. Okay. So um, I, I was, you know, kind of hopeful. I'm less hopeful now because a race in Michigan on Memorial Weekend was just canceled. Um, last week we canceled um, the Ann Arbor Goddess. The, the race that oh, you always come and April 26th, at, which yeah. this year you couldn't. 
Yeah. So okay. it's on April 26th. Um, we turn that into a virtual race, and we're going to do that whole race joy thing um, that we did for the marathon. So maybe we can get you like on race joy. You can be big brother during that race. Oh, boy, now would I like to be? I'm assuming you don't have a race that day, right? I have zero races until. Do you have, until, still have a race on that day? I have zero races until August 30th. Jeez, Louise, Eva. Okay. I'm going to need some people to yell at and for, you know. We're gonna we're gonna get you on that, <laughs> that computer during that race because we're gonna do the same thing, mark the course, and have people go out on their own schedule. But we can keep an eye and send them um, messages and things. And we're gonna do two courses. We're gonna set up the course that's at the park that we did last year. But then also we can set up on the app also the downtown course that we did for so many years. So um, okay. I'm actually kind of excited. I'm totally you know now that. It's just a thing that these races are canceled. I'm excited with the new things we're implementing into each of the races. So with this now being this virtual race, we're going to highly suggest one of these two courses that people can choose. And we will have them marked. Some, we'll figure out a way to have something semi-permanent-ish on there. And, um, and have the app. And we have really awesome swag that they can get now. There's um, We have these bracelets if you look on our I think they're on the website they're definitely on Facebook these cool bracelets everybody's getting and then we added to that race um since we were talking Ironman we and we added a 10k and then if you do the 10k and the 5k back to back that's the I run goddess because you can't do iron goddess right we've in the past season for that so I run goddess and there's a special kind. I wish you were on video because I could show you the bracelet. I have okay. it here sitting on my desk. Um, I'll have to send you an image and you can post it or something because okay. um, so anyone listening can see because it's just awesome. And um, and it's turquoise. And I can't remember now, but I, I wrote down the reason we chose turquoise because there's just so much great symbolism with turquoise and the reason we chose the turquoise bracelet. So this all can be done virtually, and I'm just excited that we can. Well, Focusing on what we can do, not what we can't do. So for all of my listeners that are all throughout the country and all throughout the world, uh, one of the things I can vouch for, with well, I mean, I can vouch for Eva and her epic races in a million ways, but she always has the most fantastic swag, especially for the women, and I can identify with that because I am one, and I show up to the goddess events to announce, but... Just they're stylish. You pick stuff with really flattering cuts, and your graphic design is fantastic and very thoughtful. Oh, oh, and here's another thing. Um, Eva always has the buffs. The buffs are those uh, yeah. bandanas that are in a circle that you can wear as a headband or a neck thing or a face thing. Anyways, when I went Or a tube top. Or a tube. Oh, wow. I'll, I'll try that. <laughs> I've seen it. Okay. <laughs> Um, but when I went super bald, Eva sent me a bunch of those buffs and hers are super pretty. And when my big bald head got super cold, I walked around my house wearing your buffs all the time. So thank you for that. And you made them look good for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> as, as any bald girl could, right? For sure, no. They, they, and I actually have some more to send you. I hope you'll still wear them. But you have this awesome hair now, I do, and you I, won't want to cover it up. I know. Who wants to cover it? But I also wear them around my neck. Yeah, but, okay. 
Yeah. Right. I, right. I, you were wearing one last time I saw you. I'm going to, we just got an Ann Arbor Marathon buff that yeah. I have to send you. I'll take They're very, very fun and a bracelet too. Cause so I, I just, the reason we picked turquoise because I was, you know, looking for which stone to do. I just want to share with you that the color turquoise is associated with meanings of refreshing, feminine, calming, sophisticated energy, wisdom, serenity, wholeness, creativity, emotional balance, good luck, spiritual grounding, friendship, love, joy, tranquility, patience, intuition, and loyalty. All just so in one color. Who wouldn't want to wear turquoise? I guess right. not. Right. Well, the stone not it's just you know the actual stone we'll bring all of that to you That's, so well i like that i could use <laughs> some of or all of that <laughs> yeah who couldn't <laughs> all i need so, to do um yeah so and then we're gonna we're gonna part on this eva because uh, i think you've okay. done a fantastic job giving a really good explanation of the coronavirus cancellations and the running industry. And, you know, I thank you for that. Hopefully some people that are fired up will calm the heck down, but I'm going to go where I started with your <laughs> fitness level and you are so fit. And I, Eva's got a great bod. I'm going to say that she's got a super, what is um, the top three things that are most important to your fitness? How, how, how have you created that physique oh, and what's most important? I love that question. I can answer that. But I really have a top one and then I'll have to come up with two and three. Okay. My whole thing is um, I think it's really important to be able to lift your body weight in, in multiple ways. So to me, I, I think it's very important and I know most people can't, so I don't want them to feel bad if they can't, but I think it's always a great goal to be able to do a pull-up. Yes. I think it's important to be able to lift your body weight. So um, I make sure that whatever is going on, I can do pull-ups uh, with all, you know, whatever. I mean, sometimes I mean, if I had a horrible back injury or arm injury, maybe I couldn't. But, yeah, I always make sure and keep that going that I can do pull-ups. Um, and a strong core is um, would be, like, my second thing. But that kind of comes with it because I have found, like, I think by doing pull-ups, you work so much of your core, even though you wouldn't realize that. For sure. But I, I, I feel it, and I feel like I'll have a couple weeks that I'm like, ooh, I haven't really done core, and then I go to do my core exercises, and they don't feel new, I think, because I'm doing the pull-ups. Um, and um, with those strength things, um, just having a decent level of cardio fitness always i mean it doesn't always have to be you know iron man level to be able to be out for that long but to be able to keep your heart rate up in a training zone for you know at least 30 minutes always that like as a baseline love and it. then kind of you know go from that love it love it well you are you really are the person who walks the walk you know when you step on to when i introduce everybody and say here is the chief Goddess in chief for this event, though I think the women and the other participants, the men, anyone around looks at you and says, oh, yeah, she's the boss of this show and she looks the part, too. So it's, it's important to walk the walk, I think. Yeah, um, it's, that's probably why I did an Iron Man, actually, because I don't know if I ever would have done it. But I feel like I'm here, you know, promoting this in triathlon and um, I got to get out there and do it. If I'm going to be telling other people to do it, not that I tell them to do Iron Man, but it's a big part of the whole triathlon thing. So, um, well, all of yeah. your races. No, yeah. but and I just, yeah. 
you're you're definitely a quality symbol of your own brand. Well, thank you. You're just just always so great to talk to. Make me feel very good. (laughs) Oh, you know, I'm just as much of a pain in the ass as I am nice and flattering, but (laughs) but you're easy to flatter. I don't see it. Yeah. Well, thank you. Maybe maybe next year. So, uh, and here's a, a little history on Eva and I. So we met when I was working in Ann Arbor for another company, and I was randomly invited to sit in on a meeting a meeting for the American Heart Association, which Eva was a, a generous community volunteer board member for for a heart gala. And uh, we went around the room introducing ourselves, and Eva said, "Blah blah blah, I'm a race director," and I was next, and I said, "Well, blah blah blah, I'm a race announcer." And uh, that was it, right? Right. Yeah, wow. How many years ago was that? That was a while ago. I think it was 2016. I could be wrong, but um, yeah, I think I've done your Women Run the D. I think I've announced that five years already. Because you've had it six, correct? Yeah. So I just missed the first one. Um, no, we've had it. We, I think we've had it seven, I think. Okay. I think I was there on year number two. Yeah. I could be wrong, but. I was year, I, I think it was year number two that you were there for sure. Okay. But I'm thinking we might have started it in 13. All right. <laughs> Neither one I, of us Yeah, because that. that would be right. That would mean we've had seven. Okay. Yeah. That yeah. would mean we've had, so we have, we've had seven, we started it in 13. Yeah. So yeah, you've come out six years and then Ann Arbor Goddess, um, most of those years as well. I love that event, and I, I love I love yeah. when I hosted your Ann Arbor Marathon. I mean, even and, uh, you do a great job, right? Right, you came to the marathon. That's true. That was, and you got this gator out on the University of Michigan campus, and yeah. is it maize and blue? Is yeah. that what we call it, maize? Yes, maize and blue. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Yes. I got some. Great photos in that tutu, and then I'll, I came home and Gainesville. Yeah. Everybody gave me a hard time, but that's oh, okay. Oh, you know what? I'm sitting here drinking water out of my gator cough. Total coincidence. Hold that up. was not planned. Tit for tat, right? Yep. <laughs> yeah, I got my gator cup right here on my desk. All right, beautiful girl. So, listen, how do people find you? Mm-hmm. Um, at epicraces.com. www.epicraces.com. And then we're on Facebook, um, Epic Races on Facebook as well. And um, that's, that's where we are. And I think the we're vir- all virtual now. Well, and the most popular virtual race you have, everybody should know about, is your May the 4th race, right? Right. That's, that's coming up. May the 4th be with you. And, it's- and that is for AACR, right, American Association for Cancer Research. Oh. Yep. I've partnered with them too. Yeah, but they've got so, very cool yep, you know them. Star Wars themed medal, correct? Ish. Yes, they get a, a really fun medal that's got like the light side and the dark side. And then a, an awesome shirt, a May the 4th uh, Be With You shirt with, um, you know, I'm not a big Star Wars person, so I don't know, Me but either. it looks very cool. And everyone's very excited. It's a big spaceship with like a footprint on it. It's Awesome. It's on the website. And we actually have our own URL for that. May the fourth be with you four K dot com. Love it. And fourth is the number at a four T H. May the fourth be with you four K dot com. All right. I'm gonna sign up for that one. So yeah. My four K. Yes. Yes, you said. <laughs> 
All right, Eva, I'm going to let you go. Folks, thank you so much for tuning in again. Everyone follow Eva Solomon. Go epic races, more importantly. And if you haven't already done so, follow me at Fitness on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Fitness.com. And if you haven't done so already, stick around after the show and listen to how you can get me get more kids moving in the morning with the Morning Mile. Bye, team. Get to work. All right. Hi, this is Rudy Novotny, the voice of America's marathons. We all love how much running has benefited every aspect of our lives, so much so that most of us only wish we'd started sooner. Wouldn't it be wonderful to gift the opportunity to children of today? Well, you can. The Morning Mile is a before-school walking and running program that gives children a chance to start each day in an active way while enjoying fun, music, and friends. That's every child, every day. It's also supported by a wonderful system of rewards, which keeps students highly motivated and frequently congratulated. Created by our favorite fitness expert, Fitz Kohler, morning milers across the country have run over 2 million miles and are having greater success with academics, behavior, and sports because of it. The morning mile is free to the child, free to the school, and is inexpensively funded by businesses or generous individuals. Help more kids get moving in the morning by visiting morningmile.com champion the program at your favorite school or find out more about sponsorship opportunities that's morningmile.com long may you run